Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week's Torah portion, Behailoteha, talks about, talks about man's soul is God's uh, candle, which searches out all the innermost parts. So why is the soul of man compared to a light, to a candle? And the Alter Rebbe explains in the Tanya that all of physical existence is uh, in survival mode. The animals, the plants, the humans, all of us are always trying to, to survive. But a candle has a different uh, component, which is that it's always trying to run away from its wick. So it's always striving to go upwards. And um, if you, even if you turn it upside down, you will see that the fire, the flame of that candle or the, or the match will always strive to go up. So it's similar in manner, the Jewish soul uh, strives to constantly be connected to God. We have, you know, a, an animal a soul and a godly soul. The animal soul is the instinctive nature, natural uh, soul that we possess, that is the one that tries to survive. But we have that godly neshama, which is in essence a part of God. It's, um, it's a mamesh, a piece of God. And this part of us is always trying to reach up to the source. And if you would allow it, it would even depart the body and connect complete, completely to its source. So the proverb says that man's soul is God's candle, which means that the souls of the Jewish people who are called men are like the flame of a candle, which the nature of it is always to strive upwards. And by doing that, it becomes nullified. To, in the world, it becomes like it's, it doesn't exist. So, so the menorah was um, was placed in the in the temple in the Mishkan in those days, and in this parasha, Hashem commands Aaron to kindle the menorah, and it says that <coughs> he should kindle it. Uh, all the flames look into the middle. And what it means is that the menorah had seven branches, and these seven branches represents the seven days of the week, also represents the seven types of people that exist in the world. So as we know from the counting of the Omer and the seven emotional attributes, there's different qualities in people, like there's Hesed, kindness, or there's Gebura, more strictness, or there's Tiferet, which is balance, which is a harmony between kindness and, and, and strictness. And then you have uh, people who are very um, enduring and they never give up. And you have people who are very humble and you have people who are always trying to put people together. And uh, then there's people who are very noble in spirit and very dignified. So we can have a few of these components, but we usually shine because of one of them. And uh, what this menorah represents is that we all have a part in the, um, in the thread of the Jewish soul. And each one of us brings something to the table that is precious to God. And all these types of people serving in different ways really makes um, Hashem very happy because Jewish religion really is diverse. You see there's Ashkenazi Jews, Sephardic Jews, there's secular, there's a left-wing, right-wing, ultra-Orthodox, modern Orthodox, you name them. We come in every shape and color, but nevertheless, Hashem's intention is not that we're all the same. His intention is that with our diversity, we're able to come together and live as a unified whole. Each one bringing to the table what the other one can't bring. And by each one putting in what he can give, 
in the service of Hashem, then we all become one in this beautiful, harmonious symphony called the Jewish people. So the here, Rabbi Zalman of Yadi explains that one person may serve Hashem with love and another that flows like water and another person can be fiery and can be very passionate and pulsating with love and another person can be a learner and another person can be a doer. So the service by keeping uplifted, as our sages have said in the Mishnah, all of Israel are princes and as the verse states, and his heart was uplifted in the way of God, there is also godly service by ways of lowliness. Of lowliness. So even if a person is not in a high um, spiritual level, he also serves in his way, in his level. So maybe it's a person that suffers from depression and the rest of the family is suffering in this way. This person is also serving in the way that the people around them learn compassion, learn empathy, learn to have a, a kindness towards someone that is suffering, that's struggling. So everything in this world is, is of service. Nothing is um, a burden, nothing is meant to be something that is extra. Everything is exact. So here the parasha informs us that it's the job of Aaron, the high priest, to light the candles of the menorah and the ability to affect and kindle the lamp flame of every single Jew. And the way in which the Torah asks him to light the candles means that he should continue putting his candle in the, in the other candle, in the other flame, until that other flame is able to sustain itself by, by itself. Like he wouldn't just light like this and take his hand away. He would put the, 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 his light on the other light and he would keep it there until that flame could become independent and shine on its own. So from here we learn that Aaron in those days was a, one of the shepherds, one of the seven shepherds that gave us this spiritual strength. But in every generation there is an Aaron. There is someone that is inspiring in this generation is all these Gadol, all these big Torah scholars or an inspirational person in your life, someone that, that ignites that fire in you. And the person's job is to keep uh, the, the flame in your flame until your flame can be sustained by its own. And this is the job of a lamplighter. And um, it says here that the Rebbe, it's a beautiful, there's a beautiful story that when the Prime Minister of Israel, Menachem Begin, in 1977 came to the United States to meet with, uh, with the President Jimmy Carter, uh, the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe had um, an audience with him and with one of his uh, ministers who was uh, Yehuda Avner, Mr. Yehuda Avner. And when they were sitting with him, the Rebbe was explaining to them that this concept that he asked him, what, what do you do, Rebbe? What do you do all day? So he said, I light, I light souls. That's my job. I light souls. And so Yehovah, the Avner, when they stopped talking and the meeting was over and got up to leave, he asked the Rebbe, did you light my soul? Did you, were, were you able to light my soul? And the Rebbe answered, no, that's your job. I give you the match, but it's your job to keep, keep shining. So the, the Baal Shem Tov explained that like everybody has a switch inside. Everybody has some, a switch inside that has to be turned on to divinity, to godliness. But the job 
of maintaining that switch on is the, the, the job of each one of us. Each one of us has to be completely uh, working on being inspired and being connected to God every day of our lives. So the question here would be how do we accomplish this? How can we be always in, on fire? How can we maintain ourselves bright and not let that fire come down? So the, the, the Reb explains that the way to do it is that we have to accustom ourselves to maintain ourselves like that, that it becomes a habit. Uh, even if it, at the beginning it's hard for us to acquire certain characteristics that, that maintain us connected to Hashem, we have to fake it till we make it. So for example, if you decide, okay, you know what, I need to do something more, I need to do something that will connect me to Hashem, and suddenly you say, okay, I'm going to stop eating uh, non-kosher food. I'm never going to eat non-kosher food again. At the beginning, it's very hard. You still have the taste of the shrimp in your mouth. It, you remember how delicious they were. But if you start looking at them like they're not edible, they're not edible, they're not for me, they're not for me, I cannot eat them, they're not for me, it's going to come to a point where this is going to become natural in you. Because human beings, really, we're animals of habit. We, we acquire habits and that's how we live. So when we shed these animalistic uh, habits and we acquire instead godly desires and godly uh, habits, that we work on them even if they're hard. For example, prayer. Prayer is something that is very hard. Someone that has, that's even for the most learned person to keep praying and be connected and be able to maintain the kavanah, the intention and the right thoughts at the moment of prayer is very hard. But if a person says, okay, I'm going to start praying. I'm going to do the Shema Israel every day of my life. Every morning, the minute I wake up, I'm going to start doing Shema Israel. This is, I'm going to start doing this. Or the Modeani prayer, thank you Hashem that you brought my soul back to me. And at the beginning it's going to be mechanical and it's not going to be natural. And you have to fake it till you make it. But at one point it's going to become part of you. And the minute you wake up, wake up and you open your eyes, like you cannot survive the rest of the, of the day if you, don't, if you don't do what you do every day. It becomes part of your habit. So this is the way in which we maintain our fire uh, burning. And, um, and we keep on going and sometimes we fall. Sometimes things happen that take us out of our comfort zone, they, that put us to the test, that we say, why did God did this to me if I'm going in the right track? And really you have to look at it. I, Hashem is giving you an opportunity to keep on burning. It's not to turn you down. It's not to shut you off. It's to give you more strength and more power to continue in the, the Abodat Hashem. So here is where our training pays off. A person who has been immersed in the inspiration again and again and has worked on himself to continuously uh, work on being ignited, eventually will be able to conquer the apathy and the oppression and the duality of the feelings of, um, of being connected and being disconnected. So let us train ourselves to think as our mentors would think. This is another step, a higher step. So all of us have teachers, have mentors, we're taking classes, we're learning, we're reading books of inspirational people, people who are uh, been there, done that, and that know a lot of Torah and have a lot of knowledge on how to live a Torah life. So we should take the, the knowledge that we have absorbed 
by all these classes and all this learning and make it a part of ourselves. And then when we're confronted with the situation, we should come to the point where we can ask ourselves, what does Hashem want from me? What would my Rebbe do about this? What would this person that is so knowledgeable and so holy act? What would he do in this situation? And there's a story to finish off of Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Him and his brothers, they were, um, when they were younger, they had a photographic memory. And they used to sit with another group of kids next to the Rebbe Lubavitch, Menachem Mendel Schneerson of blessed memory in the 770 on Shabbat. And they used to listen to all his, um, his sihas, all his uh, sermons. And they used to memorize word by word of what the Rebbe used to say. And after Shabbat, they would sit down and write everything so it would be recorded. And precisely on the, trans the, the transcribing of the siha of this uh, parasha of Behaloteha in the year 1991, they came upon some questions and they went to the Rebbe because they needed to understand certain things he said in a better way. And they came to him to ask the questions and the answer he gave them was another question. And he said to them, how can I answer these questions if the whole point of the talk is that we must be as a flame that rises upon its own. So the whole purpose of the kindling of the menorah by Aaron and our own personal menorahs in our days is that we should be inspired and live inspired and continue being inspired and looking for that inspiration. It's our job to keep it going and eventually we will be able to stand on our own and be able to be a flame that can light another flame in this world. And in this way, we for sure will live a little higher. So I wish you a good and blessed week and um, I'll see you next week. Thank you.